Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Tea Talks at Kuru, where you get to listen to some pretty good book reviews while learning about one of the most famous beverages in the world, tea. I'm your host, X Kuru, and today we'll be continuing our reading of Persian mythology in Aladdin and the Arabian Nights. We'll get some tea facts and then head on right over to the story of the second old man. So today's tea is cinnamon tea, which is made by infusing cinnamon bark in hot water. Cinnamon tea is a good source of antioxidants, which help fight off free radicals and, as we all know, free radicals cause diseases like cancer and diabetes, so cinnamon tea is really good to help prevent diseases like those. Cinnamon also acts similarly to insulin to help lower blood sugar levels, which is pretty cool. And get this, cinnamon's active component, cinnamaldehyde, helps fight off bacteria like Salmonella, E. coli and Staphylococcus, so I think that's really cool. The chemist inside me is quite excited. So cinnamon is basically a super spice, and we should all be amazed. Moving on, let's see if this second old man can dazzle the genie enough to let the merchant live. The name of the story is The Story of the Second Old Man and the Two Black Dogs. Great Prince of Genies, said the old man, you must know that we are true brothers, the two black dogs and myself. Our father, when he died, left each of us 1,000 sequins. With that sum, we all became merchants. My brothers resolved to travel and trade in foreign countries. At the end of a year, they returned in abject poverty, having in unfortunate enterprises lost all. I welcomed them home, and having prospered, gave each of them a 1,000 sequins to start them again as merchants. After a while they came to me to propose that I should join them in a trading voyage. I immediately declined, but after having resisted their solicitation five whole years, they importuned me so much that at last they overcame my resolution. When, however, the time arrived that we were to buy the goods necessary to the undertaking, I found they had spent all and had nothing left of the thousand sequins I had given to each of them. I did not on this account upbraid them, on the contrary, my stock being now 6,000 sequins, I gave each of them a 1,000, and keeping as much for myself, I buried the other 3,000 in a corner of my house. We purchased goods, and having embarked them on board a vessel, which we frighted betwixt us, we put to, the, we put to sea with a favourable wind. After two months' sail, we arrived happily at port, where we landed and had a very good market for our goods. I especially sold mine so well that I gained ten to one. When we were ready to embark on our return, I met on the seashore a lady, very handsome but poorly clad. She walked up to me gracefully, kissed my hand, and besought me with the greatest earnestness imaginable to marry her. I made some difficulty before agreeing to this proposal, but she urged so many times to persuade me that I ought not to object to her that I ought not to object to her on account of her poverty, that I should have all the reason in the world to be satisfied with her conduct, that at last I yielded. I ordered proper apparel to be made for her, and after having married her according to form, I took her on board and we set sail. I found my wife possessed so many good qualities that my love to her every day increased. In the meantime, my two brothers, who had not managed their affairs as successfully as I had mine, envied my prosperity, and suffered their feelings to carry them so far that they conspired against my life. And one night, when my wife and I were asleep, 
threw us both into the sea. I had scarcely fallen into the water when she took me up and carried me to an island. When they appeared, she said to me, You see, husband, that by saving your life I have not rewarded you ill for your kindness to me. You must know that I am a fairy, and being upon the seashore, when you were going to embark, I had a mind to try your goodness, and presented myself before you in disguise. You have dealt generously by me, and I am glad of an opportunity of returning my acknowledgement. But I am incensed against your brothers, and nothing will satisfy me but their lives. I listened to this discourse with admiration. I thanked the fairy the best way I could for the great kindness she had done me. But, madame, said I, as for my brothers, I beg you to pardon them. Whatever cause of resentment they have given me, I am not cruel enough to desire their debt. I then informed her what I had done for them, but this increased her indignation, and she exclaimed, I must immediately pursue those ungrateful traitors and take speedy vengeance of them. I will destroy their vessel and sink them into the bottom of the sea. My good lady, replied I, for heaven's sake forbear, moderate your anger, consider that they are my brothers and that we ought to return good for evil. I pacified her by these words, and as soon as I had concluded, she transported me in a moment from the island to the roof of my own house. I descended, opened the doors, and dug up the, th- the three thousand sequins I had formerly secreted. I went afterwards to my shop, which I also opened, and was complimented by the merchants, my neighbours, upon my return. When I went back to my house, I perceived there two black dogs, which came up to me in a very submissive manner. I could not divine the meaning of this circumstance, which greatly astonished me. But the fairy, who immediately appeared, said, Husband, be not surprised to see these dogs, they are your brothers. I was troubled at this declaration, and asked her by what power they were so transformed. I did it, said she, and at the same time sunk their ship. You have lost the goods you had on board, but I will compensate you another way. As to your two brothers, I have condemned them to remain five years in that shape. Their their perfidiousness too well deserves such a penance. Having thus spoken and told me where I might hear of her, she disappeared. The five years being now nearly expired, I am travelling in quest of her. This is my history, O Prince of Genius. Do not you think it very extraordinary? I I own it is, replied the genie, and on that account I remit the merchant the other half of the crime which he has committed against me. With these words, the genie rose and disappeared in a cloud of smoke, to the great delight of the merchant and the two old men. The merchant failed not to make due acknowledgement to his deliverers. They rejoiced to see him out of danger, and bidding him adieu, each of them proceeded on his way. The merchant returned to his wife and child, and passed the rest of his days with them in peace. So, the merchant ended up being spared because of these two old men came along and decided they'd tell their life story, each for a piece of the man's um, life that. So I thought it was cute. It was a cute fairy tale. And I believe the moral in this one would be to not be gritty, you know, not envy that which is not yours because karma's a bitch and all that. And we see here that the... Two old man's two brothers ended up getting their dues for trying to kill their brother and his wife. And I think the fairy was right to once sing them to the bottom of the ocean. She was right to be angry. 
uh, I think this story may have, may have been more interesting um, if she did, but this is about forgiveness, not vengeance. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you for tuning in, and if you feel so obliged, give me a follow on Instagram at Kudu. You can also find this podcast on Spotify, Amazon Music, and Samsung Podcasts, as well as the Acast platform. If you have a book you'd like reviewed, or that you would like to review with me, feel free to DM me on Instagram at Kudo or via my email at the same handle. Thanks for listening, and see you next time!